Indeed. Thank you, ladies, for telling us words of truth. Those words are true. Would you like to hear some more words of truth this morning? I hope so. She came to the right place. Let's hear some words of truth from the Gospel of John, starting at chapter 20. If you'd like to follow along, I'd love that if you've got your Bibles. If not, I believe it'll be up on the screen. Some words of truth and life, some good news for us today. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple sent out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down, looked in, and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying in the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, the one who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet he did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there, in the body, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Why are, wh whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will go and take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she said to him that he had said these things to her. This is good news for us today. Amen. It can be hard to see in the dark sometimes. It can be hard to see in the dark. You see, John's gospel in this passage we read this morning, all of John's gospel is a testimony, a witness to a God who spoke light into darkness, who called the day out of the night, and a God who took on flesh and blood to be for us light in a dark world once again. It's a good thing that God did all this because, you see, it's really hard to see in the dark. Mary set off looking for Jesus, set off for the tomb while it was still dark. 
She ran in the darkness, probably stumbling and tripping in the night. She ran to the tomb because Mary loved Jesus. Mary loved Jesus so much and she was grieved. She was deeply grieved because Mary had been at the foot of the cross Friday night watching her friend Jesus be crucified. I shared with those of you who were here on Good Friday, and I hope it's okay to share again, uh, that, that little Jericho, who I guess finally went to children's church, <laughs> um, she showed us a picture out of her children's Bible Friday night, and she says, today's Good Friday. This is the day Jesus died. That makes me sad because Jesus is my friend. Mary was deeply grieved because Jesus was her friend, and so she took off in the night, in the darkness, to go to the tomb, and all she wanted to do was grieve the death of Jesus. But it's hard to see in the dark. I don't know if anybody's ever had an experience in darkness. I know uh, several years ago, Tim and I went for a hike with some friends up at Donner Lake. I was telling someone in the church about this the other day, and they said, Donner Lake? Like, named after the Donner Party? You did that on purpose? Really? Like, you meant to go to Donner Lake and go camping there. So, so yeah, we did. We meant to. Um, it's actually a really beautiful place. We went, we went hiking along this ridge that kind of looks up over Donner Lake. And we're hiking along these old abandoned train tracks. And there's part where the train goes under this tunnel. And there's these tiny little holes that they made purposefully in the tunnel to let some light shine in. These beams of light just kind of shot in through these, these little bits of, of holes in the tunnel. But there's one part of the tunnel where the earth had collapsed down over the tunnel and plugged up all of those holes. And so there was no light whatsoever. I mean, it was completely dark. And we didn't know it was going to be like that when we first set off into the tunnel. But we get to this part where it is utter darkness. You cannot see the hand in front of your face. And we start walking, and, and we're hiking along, and we're walking. And it becomes really good to know the names of the people in your party at that point, right? Because you don't know what's going on, and all of a sudden you brush up next to something, and you're like, hey, Melanie, is that you? That's you, right, Melanie? Oh, whoa, Josh, Josh, was, was that you? Who, who is that? Who is that? It becomes really good in the darkness to know people's names. Because logically, I know if I'm brushing up against somebody, we're the only ones out here on this hike. It's got to be somebody in my party. But the far reaches of my imagination kind of wonder, someone from the Donner Party make it? And are they out looking for a snack right now? <laughs> it's creepy to be in darkness, but it really, really helps to know names. Names can be super helpful. Um, Tim introduced you to our beautiful son, Callan. Wasn't he? He was beautiful, right? He's honestly, you can tell us. It's okay. Um, we, we sure like him. We like him a lot. Introduced you to our beautiful son, Callan. Well, when we were picking Callan's name, when we were trying to figure out his name, we knew we wanted his name to have meaning, right? We, we wanted it to mean something, not just be a name that sounded cool. And, and, uh, and so Callan, Timothy, is actually his name. We named him Callan Timothy because we took that from two Greek words that means called to honor God. Cool, right? We, we thought so. We liked that. But before we chose Callan, we'd been throwing around some other ideas for names. And uh, at one point I said to Tim, hey, Tim, you know, what if we named him after my dad, my, my dad's middle name? What, what do you think about that? I just think it'd be cool to have our kid named after his grandpa, and, and I really kind of like his middle name. What do you think? And Tim says, well, um, I guess. I mean, I, I, I really love your dad, and I think that that would be, I love the idea of naming our son after your dad. Um, but I think when, you, when your grandparents gave your dad his middle name, they were probably thinking Dwight Eisenhower 
Whereas anybody in our generation is going to be thinking about this guy from the show The Office, right? <laughs> Dwight Schrute. Um, so, Dad, you have this guy to blame that your namesake did not go be, be passed down to another generation. Names, uh, names are important. Names tell us a lot about someone. Names tell us an awful lot about someone, especially when they carry meaning. Take Simon, for instance. Simon Peter. Well, Peter, in our story this morning, you know his name used to be Simon? He was this really rough-necked fisherman, uh, poor guy living out somewhere on the Sea of Galilee, just trying to scrape by and get by. And he was a total hothead. <laughs> it was hot-headed Simon, the roughneck fisherman from Galilee. Now, Jesus came and found Simon when he was still Simon, the hot-headed fisherman from Galilee. But Jesus gave him a new name. Gave him the name of Peter, which in Greek means rock, right? Peter, uh, Jesus finds this Simon, this hot-headed fisherman from Galilee, and not only gives him a new name, he calls him to become his disciple. A poor fisherman like Simon never should have been asked to be the disciple of any rabbi, let alone the Son of God. Jesus comes and says, hey, I want you. I pick you. I want you to be my disciple. I'm going to give you a new name, and I'm going to give you a new life. If anybody has reason to thank Jesus for all that had been done in his life, it was Peter. Simon, Peter, new name, new life. Lots of reasons to be thankful. But a name can tell you a lot about a person. You see, when Peter came to see Jesus' trial before the high priest, they wouldn't let him into the courtyard, at least not at first, because his name wasn't on the list. They didn't know who he was. So one of the other disciples came to vouch for Peter. And they said, yeah, yeah, this is Simon Peter. He's from Galilee. He's with me. He's cool. Okay, awesome. So they let Simon in. They let Peter in. Peter comes into the courtyard. And because of this whole name debacle with him having to be vouched for by one of Jesus' other disciples, it tips people off. It tips people off that this isn't just any guy, that this guy is probably also a disciple of Jesus, the guy who's on trial, the guy who's probably about to die at the hands of Rome. It tips people off that this Peter guy is probably also with this Jesus guy, and they come to him and they say, hey, aren't you one of his disciples too? Here's your moment, Peter. Here's your chance to thank Jesus for all that he's done for you, giving you a new name and a new life. Here's your chance, Peter. And Peter denies that he even knows Jesus. Three times. Thanks a lot. <laughs> a name can tell you an awful lot about a person. Think about Mary. Mary Magdalene, right? Her last name tells us a lot about her. We know because of her last name that she's from this actually kind of like a wealthy fishing town along the Sea of Galilee, not where Peter's from. She's from this kind of upscale, wealthy fishing town. And, and we know that she was, she was single, and, uh, and because we know that she's from this wealthy fishing town and single, we probably also know that she, she was wealthy because she didn't have to uh, get married to be provided for. She was from money, right? Anybody out here single looking for somebody who's from some money so you don't have to work anymore? Mary was from money, and so she didn't have to work. She was, she was single, um, she was well off, and she was probably educated. We have some other writings that came a little bit later that tell us about Mary, and we know she probably was educated. A woman in ancient Palestine 
who was wealthy, single, and educated? Man, Mary was a catch, but she wasn't really out looking for looking to get married. She was just uh, basically a woman to be respected. And she, she really honestly should have been honored and respected. But you see, when Jesus ran into Mary, she wasn't very respectable. Even though she had the education, she had the wealth, she had the status, Mary was plagued and possessed by seven demons. Here was this woman who should have been respectable and free, but she was a slave to these demons that had ravaged her entire life. That's when Jesus meets her. Jesus meets her and sets her free. Not only sets her free from the demons that are possessing her, but also calls her to be his follower, his disciple. He gives Mary a new name and a new life. Man. You can tell a lot about a person's name, and and it can be awfully hard to see who the people are that you're with when you're in the darkness. And you see, Mary, after everything that Jesus had done for him, had done for her, Mary comes and and she's weeping at the tomb. She doesn't understand the prophecies of, of Scripture, and she's weeping at the tomb. And finally, when she has the chance to see it, finally, she sees Jesus face to face. He's standing right in front of her. She doesn't even recognize him. She doesn't even recognize the man who gave her a new name and a new life. Doesn't know who he is, at least not until he calls her by her name. A name can tell you a lot about a person. And maybe that's why this third character, what was the name of the last disciple? Do you guys remember the name of, not Peter, not Mary, who was the last, the third disciple in the story? What was the name? Anybody? Teenagers? Come on. You guys are like, you should be used to pop quizzes. What was the name of that third disciple? Oh, you've got some cheaters in here You who are saying, John, you're, you're cheating. Because what, is, what, is, what does the, the scripture say? It just says the disciple who Jesus loved, right? Now, those of you who shouted out John, I'm going to tell you, that's your, your bright cookies here. But... That's what biblical scholars think. We're we're pretty sure after doing all the study that it's probably referring to John, the author of the gospel. But here's the deal. Whoever wrote this gospel, probably John, is no dummy, right? It's not a mistake that they left out a name for the disciple who Jesus loved. This wasn't an oversight. It wasn't an error. This name was very purposefully and intentionally omitted, left out. And for somebody like me who's kind of a geek about history and loves to learn and figure out and dissect and know exactly what's going on, this drives me nuts. It drives me crazy because I want to know stuff about this disciple. But without a name, there's very little that we can know. In fact, there's really not anything that we can know. We don't know if this disciple was rich or poor. We don't know if this disciple was educated or not. We don't know if this disciple was was uh, respected or disrespected. We don't know if this disciple was an addict or clean, healthy or depressed. We don't know anything about this disciple. Not, well, well, one thing. We do know that this disciple was loved by Jesus. And you see, when it comes right down to it, that's really all that ever even mattered. You see, we don't know anything about this disciple, anything that their name might tell us, where they're from, who they're connected to, what kind of status they have. None of that matters because from now until forevermore, this will always be known only as the disciple who Jesus loved. 
So whatever dirt their name might dig up, whatever past might be dredged up by learning this person's name, it doesn't matter because it's all been covered as simply the disciple who Jesus loved. Is there anybody here today who feels like you could use a new name and a new life? Anybody who's come in here this morning who realizes that you've been chased by these old names for quite a while and it might actually be really good to get a new name and a new life? You see, that's what resurrection is actually all about. There's another book in the Bible, it's called Philippians. And Philippians tells us that because Jesus was obedient to go to the cross on Good Friday, on Easter Sunday, Jesus exalted him and raised him up and gave him a new name, the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. And when we hear it, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that this is the Lord of all creation. You see, because Jesus was faithful to go to the cross on Good Friday, God the Father raised him up and exalted him and gave him a new name, and now he is the source of all life from now until forevermore. Is there anybody else who could use a new name and a new life this morning? You see, you can search as long as you want, and you're never going to find a tombstone marked Jesus of Nazareth, 0 to 33 AD, because guess what? That's not his whole name, and that wasn't the end of his life. It's Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, the Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. But it can be hard to see in the dark. It can be awfully hard to see in the dark. Hard to see who Jesus is. And hard to see who we are sometimes, too. It can be awfully hard to see our own identity in the dark. But today is Resurrection Day, and guess what? You remember this morning when, when the light all of a sudden shone in this sanctuary? If you've come here today, if you've come to this house, there is a new light that is shining, and it's uncovering all the lies that have been hiding in the darkness. All the lies that would tell you what your name is. Maybe some of you today are even thinking about names that you've been called this last week. Or maybe you've come here and there are names that have been hanging in your heart for years and years that you wish you could get rid of. You wish you could shrug them off. But they seem to follow you to the next job, to the next house, the next move, the next relationship. Those names just keep following you and following you and you wish that you could just lose them. Well, today is Resurrection Day, and it's a day of new names and new life. Amen? Today is Resurrection Day, and you are being offered a new name and new life. The old stuff doesn't have to follow you anymore. I don't know what your name used to be. I don't know if your name was unfaithful or liar. I don't know if your name was, was addict or unhealthy. I don't know if your name was apathetic, and I don't care. Because none of those names matter if you are willing to take up the name, the disciple who Jesus loved. Maybe your name was Peter. <laughs> You're somebody who you knew Jesus, you walked with him, you hung out with Jesus, you knew all the things that he taught. Maybe you grew up in Sunday school, you knew a couple things about Jesus. But when the heat was on, when things got really difficult, you said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going back to my old name and my old life. Or maybe, maybe your name was Mary, and, and you're, you're, you walk in this morning and you know that you should be respectable. You should have it all together. People think that you have it all together. You look 
Like you've got it made, but you know that there are some demons hanging out in your heart and life, and none of the stuff that you have can seem to do anything about the problems that you really are facing. I don't know what your name used to be. I don't know if it used to be Peter or Mary or I don't care. Because today is a day of new names and new life. And if you are willing to be called the disciple who Jesus loved, that's all you're ever going to be known by from now until eternity. None of those names can hang out with you. None of them can follow you to your next job, your next relationship, your next life. None of that goes with you. You will always and forevermore be known just as the disciple who Jesus loved. Now, you all have a card in your worship bulletin. Can you pull that out for me? See, it's... Show, hold it up for us. Let us see what it looks like. It's a white piece of paper with some blue markings. It looks kind of like the slides that we've had up on the screen this morning. We want to give you a chance today to update your profile, <laughs> to update your status. If as we've been talking and reading scripture, maybe even as we were singing and praising this morning, and you felt that stirring that, man, I need a new name and a new life. I can't keep living in this darkness that I've been sitting in. Something has got to change. And you're ready to update your status. And you're ready to take on a new name and a new life. And really this piece of paper is for anyone who wants to just claim the good things that God has done for you. On the bottom of that piece of paper, there's a couple boxes that you can check to just let us know what it is that God is, is doing in your life and how God's speaking to you. The worship team is going to come, and, and as they're going to play, they're basically just going to lead us into the presence of God. And when we're in the presence of God, I'm just going to let you know right now, this, these altars right here are an awfully good place to be. Because sometimes when we're in God's presence, we can't just sit and we can't just stand. We have to kneel before the God who's calling us out by name. So these altars are an awfully good place to be. If you want to maybe fill out that card, take a while and think about it, bring it here, you can just leave it at the altar. You can just leave it right here at the altar. And we'll take it and we'll be sure we pray for you this week. There's a couple of lines, though, in there because sometimes our story is a little bit more complicated. Sometimes just checking a box doesn't really do it and doesn't really tell the whole story. So if you want to tell us a little bit more about your status update, about the new name and new life that God wants to give you, maybe just take a, take a couple minutes and write that out on the lines that are available to you there. And come and just leave it here at the altar. God's inviting you this morning to leave behind all the other names that anybody else has called you in your entire life, to leave it behind, to take on a new name and new life from now until eternity. Would you pray with me? Father God, we're so grateful for the gift that you've given us in Jesus. We're so grateful that we don't have to walk and stumble around in darkness anymore. God, we're so grateful that you've given us light, but sometimes, Lord, we still hang out in dark places. And because we hang out in dark places, it's really hard to see who we really are because it's hard to see your face. So, God, this morning, would you just let your light shine and illuminate the truth for us today? Show us the truth. Show us the name that you want to give us. Show us the new life that you have for us today. And Lord, if there are those here this morning who don't know you, but they want to know you, 
God, if there are those here today who want to receive a new name and new life for the very first time, would you speak to their hearts today and let them know that all is forgiven? All of those old names, Lord, those, those have been left in the dust, forgotten about, never to be looked at again, never uttered again. Because from now until eternity, they can be known only and simply as the disciple who Jesus loved. And in that name comes new life. Life that never ends. Life that can't be stopped at the grave. Life that does not end in death, but goes on until eternity. God, we thank you and we praise you for all you've done. We pray these things in the powerful name of our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you spend some time in God's presence and worship with us today?